Guys, have you ever heard the expression, pay yourself first? Well, I was given a book when I was like 17 years old uh, by, well, my wife doesn't listen to the show, but it's from my, like, my ex-girlfriend's dad, who was a financial advisor. He gave me a book called The Richest Man in Babylon, which covers off pay yourself first. I wasn't working at the time, never thought about it. I'm now like 12, 15 years older. And this same topic comes up in this interview with Curtis Ray. Curtis is a guy that's built a successful business, had a bit of devastation when an investor ran away with all of his money, but we don't zoom into that because the thing for me is there was a few learnings that we could have taken away from that. But this guy is a big believer in how you can invest in yourself now, pay yourself first, and we talk about the impact of compound interest. We try and break down some complex topics uh, because for me, selfishly, I'm interested in it. And I think every single one of you listening to this should learn how to make your money work for you. I think it's something that we all need to do as entrepreneurs. It's the definition of entrepreneurship in its simplest form. I really think you gonna enjoy this. Stick through the whole show and I'd love to hear your feedback. Curtis Ray founded Suncor Financial LLC and serves as the president and CEO. In 2014, Curtis was introduced to the world of financial planning and insurance. Through years of research, Curtis observed that the traditional investment strategies of the 401k, IRA, real estate, and insurance were not living up to the promise and expectations people were hoping for in retirement. By bringing awareness about the five rules of wealth, Curtis is helping hardworking people from all walks of life maximize retirement income through discipline, secure leverage, and achieving exponential growth. He designed and developed the patent pending MPI strategy or maximum premium indexing strategy to accomplish all five rules of wealth simultaneously solving the riddle of investing and increasing retirement income by up to 400%. Throughout his life, Curtis has been a serial entrepreneur and investor with a passion to take on issues that some accept as a status quo. Curtis solves inefficiencies with entirely new approaches. Curtis brings an energy you can't ignore and I can tell Adam really enjoyed this interview. So now let's not waste any more time and get into this interview with Adam Callow and Curtis Ray, founder of Suncor Financial. Enjoy. Curtis, thank you so much for your time today and joining us on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Adam. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for asking, bud. Uh, listen, there's a number of different things I want to jump into. And actually, Sam, one of the, uh, the founders here at MBS, is excited to have you on the show uh, for a number of different reasons. He's actually loaded me up with a bunch of questions and topics I need to go into. Uh, but before we get into that, do you want to give the listeners of the show a little bit more context of who you are and what you're about? My name is Curtis Ray from Gilbert, Arizona, United States, and uh, I love business. I love entrepreneurialism. I love progress. I love things that allow us to feel fulfilled and happy and the ultimate goal of achieving freedom in our life. And so I have a tagline, always be compounding. I'll probably say it at least 15 times on this podcast, saying that if you can understand the power of compounding, which is the power of progress, how you take something from A to infinite, that will change your life forever. And, it, and, it, and it's pretty simple. You just have to understand how it works. And uh, that's what I do all day, every day is go around and tell people, always be compounding. Understand the power of compounding and your life has changed forever. Absolutely love that. Um, and I absolutely love the energy that you're kicking off at the top of the call. That's pretty, pretty fun for me. I'm getting matched on an energy level, which is always fun for me, Curtis. Um, listen, when I started to do some deep diving into you as a personality and what I could find online, you're a finance guy is what I sort of as I sort of enter this conversation how did you get involved in the world of finance 
What's well, funny, I always joke that I'm a scientist that just happened to take my talents to finance. Ah, I like it. Okay. The world is full of energy and uh, business is energy and money is energy and life is energy. And when you understand how to harness that energy, it becomes quite simple. And so I started my first business when I was 22 years old. I was wrestling in college. So I was a collegiate athlete. And uh, one day some guy comes down to, we, me and my best friend were playing ping pong in our basement. And his brother comes downstairs and he goes, guys, we should totally start a granite countertop business. There is so much money in granite countertops. And I was like, hey, I just got my scholarship check. I got $10,000. Yeah, let's start a granite countertop business. What's granite countertops? I had never met someone with it. I didn't know anyone with it. But it was this new fad that everyone in the world was getting granite countertops. And so I ended up starting a business at 22 years old crushed it, grew it to the third largest business in Arizona, doing 60, 70 kitchens a week, making millions of dollars a year. And it was, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. For 10 years, this happened and we made tons of money. Life was great. I loved it. I have two different patents in, in the natural stone industry and construction industry. And that was my life. I thought I'd be a granite countertop guy forever, or at least a home remodeling guy forever. And then one day in 2014, I had a really, really bad day. And uh, one of the investors decided he didn't want to be an investor anymore and uh, took all the money out of the bank account and said, I'm the investor. I'm allowed to do that. And uh, for the next six months, we fought about it. In November 1st of 2014, I waved the white flag because I didn't have any money. As, a, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, what are we always taught to do? Reinvest your money back into your business, scale your business, go all in. And I did that. And I never paid myself. I never kept money for myself. I never compounded money. I just went all in on my business. So the moment there was a, a bad moment, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any savings. I didn't have any uh, security behind my success. And I lost it all in a 24 hour period. I went from seven figure income and seven figure my bank account to nothing in a matter of 24 hours. And it was devastating. But I say that was the best day of my life because on that day, I made the conscious decision. I will never be vulnerable with money and making money is simple, but how do you keep the money? No one ever teaches us how to keep the money. Everyone always just says, go make, 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 make. But the more important side of business ownership and entrepreneurialism is keeping the money and maximizing its potential for you. And so that was my day, November 1st of 2014. I said, I'm going to learn how money works. Who cares about making the money? That's easy to do. But how do you keep the money and how do you optimize the money and how do you compound that money? And I went on this self-discovery journey for the next four years on, on researching investments, stocks, mutual funds, 401ks, IRAs, insurance products, real estate, all those different variances of, of investments and how you optimize all of them. And uh, I came out on top with something that said, you know how you optimize all of them? combine all of them. Don't fight each other. Don't say I'm better than you say, what do you do? One, well what do I do? Well, let's come together and make something even better. And uh, ultimately we made something better. But, um, I, I'm super excited by this conversation, but I want to make sure right now for the people that are listening to this, let me ask you the question. Is this a conversation for people that are earning 100, 120, 150K that have disposable income? Or is this something that every single person should be thinking about right now, regardless of where they are in the journey? Like there's a risk that people listen to this and say, I don't have much money. This isn't a conversation for me. What do you say to that person? 
So Albert Einstein is credited for calling compounding, the energy of compounding, the most powerful force in the universe, the eighth wonder of the world, the greatest invention man's ever produced. But he also added, he who understands it earns it. The power of compounding can take anyone of any income level, of any disposable income, whether it's $200 a month or $10,000 a month, and provide the most amazing future possible if you start right now and understand the laws of compounding. So it is, it doesn't matter how much you make. It's about how much you keep and what you do with what you keep. Yeah. I love that. I want to make sure that people listen to this um, because I did a, I did a little bit of learning in this um, with a, uh, my wife doesn't listen to the show, but my previous girlfriend's dad was a financial advisor and he tried to teach me this stuff, but I was like 15, 16, 17 years old and I didn't care about it. I got two kids now in a different point in my life. So I'm hoping you can remind me and then educate me further on this. Break down for me what compound, we've said it a lot. What is compound interest? So compound interest is my little thing is it's money making money, making money, meaning that you put money away and it starts working for you and it is your employee and it will work the rest of its life for you. And it works 24 hours a day, never sick days, never ask for anything. The only thing it asks for is that you protect her, that you protect it, that it never ever gets in a position to get hurt. We've been, I wrote this book called The Lost Science of Compound Interest. It's a bestseller. If you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend it. I even send it. I know that this COVID corona thing has been really hard on people, that I send my book out to anyone for free. No obligation. I just want you to understand this energy force called compounding. And when you understand it, there's two problems with compounding. One is it's slow and steady. There's no home run potential. It's not exciting. And so the majority of the population does not follow the compounding effect because they, we've been tricked in going for home runs. We've been tricked in for, you know, chase the rate of return is what I call it. You're always chasing, what is my rate of return? When I go talk to people about investments, they say the very first question they always ask is, what's my rate of return? I'm like, you're asking the wrong question. It should be, what is my rate of compounding? Because those two things are not synonymous. And then secondly, we've been tricked in believing that no risk, no reward is an acceptable method or mentality. Think about if in your marriage, if I was your, let's say marriage counselor, and I told you that in order for your marriage to be the best type of marriage, you have to put it at risk. What would you say to me? Uh, I need a new marriage counselor. (laughs) Right? Or what if I said for your kids to have the best future, you need to put them at risk or for your health to be the healthiest human being possible, you gotta put yourself at risk. We would say that's crazy, right? Everything's based on slow, steady, build, build positivity, but yet somehow we've been tricked inside of the money world that no risk, no reward is is an acceptable mentality and that you gotta put yourself at risk in order to achieve the reward. And it is completely and utterly backwards. The saying should be eliminate as much risk as possible and maximize your reward. And if you do that, that is how compounding is achieved because it's continuous, progress over and over and over. And if you're always moving forward, even if it's slow, it begins to compound. It begins to snowball effect. It begins to roll, you know, um, all your work and all your, you know, the, the things you're focusing on are adding on top of each other. And that's what compounding is where all these little tiny things add on to each other. And it turns into a compound or it turns into a snowball. So one of the things that I've got a note down here from Sam, which was a lot of the things that Curtis might say are going to go over my head. And I want to make sure I listen to this podcast and understand the first steps that I need to take to start implementing this. 
I just want to say as well, one thing, we just launched a book club as part of our podcast listenership. I'm probably going to drop you an email off the back of this to work out how we get your book into that book club. It's a small group of people, but I think it would be the right people that will listen to this message. So to pull it back to Sam, what's the first thing that, that Sam right now should be thinking about, or what's the first step that you can take to, I guess, let's use this opportunity to educate on the compound interest, but what are the tactical first steps that he should be taking? So the, the most important decision any human being can possibly make, whether they're making $20,000 or they're making a, a million dollars, it comes from the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. If you haven't read the book, The Pay Richest Man first. in Babylon, pay yourself first. It is the only decision you have to make. <laughs> do you know what I told you? By, uh, sorry, sorry, do you know what I told you that my girlfriend's dad tried to teach me this? He gave me two books. He gave me The Richest Man in Babylon and Who Moved My Cheese with the two books he gave me. Uh, that's taken me back, Curtis. That's pretty cool. Pay yourself first. Oh. Sorry, man. Carry on. No, I, and I did a video on it just yesterday. I said, George Clayson in 1926, think how crazy this is. This dude in 1926 wrote a book called The Richest Man in Babylon, and he laid out step by step by step on how you optimize the power of compounding in your life. And it is, it is the most impactful book you'll ever read in your whole life. It's only 150 pages. And it breaks down that if you do this, there is a guaranteed roadmap to wealth. And when I say guaranteed, I am not saying that lightly. It is, it is, it is. Do this. And the very first rule he says is you have to make the decision that you come first. You come before any other bills, any other expenses, any other recreation, vacation, anything. Your future self, you know, to get your money compounding is the most important decision you make. And so when someone comes to me who makes, you know, $30,000 and says, hey, Chris, I don't have enough money. I'm already paycheck to paycheck. I don't know what to do. I go, take 10% of it and put it away before you do anything. And they go, I can't do, I can't do that. You know, just do it, do it. If you can make that decision, which will be the hardest decision you ever make in your whole life. But if you can start that decision right now, everything in your life will change. And the phenomenon is this. Um, if you were in the business world in 2007, everyone was making lots of money in 2007. It was great. 2008 crushed us. It crushed the freaking world. And in, in 2008, let's just say you were making $75,000 a year. You have a pretty good salary and, and everything's going well. And then, and you were living paycheck to paycheck. I came to you in 2007 and said, Hey, pay yourself first. Said, I can't, man. I'm married with three kids. I'm making 50, 75,000, whatever. I'm paycheck to paycheck. Your pay got deducted probably 25 to 50% in 2008. And you, you still went made from 75,000 and you still made it work. Still made it you work. You still always freaking make it work. The, 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 the human brain has the ability to adapt to any situation. And so I say, if you can make the decision to love yourself, to put yourself in a position of freedom, you have to put yourself first. You make money, you take 10%, you put it away and then live off 90. And if you can make that decision, you will inevitably end up wealthy, rich, secure, and achieve freedom that no one else achieves. Love that. Super clear, understandable first step, pay yourself first. Um, it took me way back, actually, because I read that when I was 17. And I was like, I'm, I don't have an income. This book's no good to me. And I completely forgot about it until, uh, until you just reminded me. So let's just say Sam's now in a position where he says, okay, I'm going to take 10% and I'm going to put it away. Where does he put it? Are we talking about putting it under the mattress? Are we talking about putting it into your normal bank account with saving? Like, where does he take that 10%? So I wrote money cubed on my piece of paper, which is like money makes money makes money, which I like to comment. Where does he take that cash and put it so it actually goes to work for him? Well, there are, there are two parts to answer that question. The first thing is you have to put it somewhere that grows securely. 
I'm going to talk about the securely first. So the problem is, is that we've been tricked and no risk, no reward, go for home runs, things like that. And that will inevitably not compound. If you're in a position to lose, you can't compound. And a lot of people don't understand that. And so the, the example I give is that if you had $10,000 and you end up losing 50% of your 10,000, how much money do you have? Yeah, 5K. 5K. If you gain 50% back one second later, how much money do you have? 7.5K. Yep, 7,500. So the world, the finance world will tell you you broke even. You have a 0% average. <laughs> That's the problem with this whole stock markets, even real estate, is we talk in these averages that are called arithmetic averages, which is just plus minus add them up divided by two. And that's what your average is. And that's not how money works. Mm -hmm. There's a thing called geometric average, which is, you know, minus 50 plus 50 is negative 25. And, and that's a, you know, why, why my book is called the lost science of compound interest. I explain these things that there are rules to compounding. It is a, it is a science. It is not like, Oh, I make money. Yeah. I make, I'm rich. It's like, no, when you understand the science of it, you don't make the mistakes of normal people. And so the second thing is you have to put it somewhere that never loses. And that could be a bank account under your mattress, an insurance product. Um, there's uh, annuities. There's various things that don't lose that have contractual guarantees not to lose. But then that goes into the third rule has to also grow. So you can't put it in a bank account. You can't put it in a, under your mattress. Insurance products are okay. You know, they, they kind of grow. Mm -hmm. And so it gets very complicated. You know, uh, George Clay's is like, okay, you've got to pay yourself. It's got to be secure and it's got to grow above the rate of inflation and only invest in experts. So it's like, it, it's, it's chiseling down how many options you actually have. And so then I go for in 2014, when I start reading this book and I start breaking it down, I look at the flaws of, of mutual funds and index funds. I'm like, okay, I put money into it. Check. Paid myself. Um, it grows. Check. Yes. Is it secure? No, it's not compounding. That's growth and loss. Okay. Insurance products. Do I put money into it? Yes. Check. Is it secure? Check. Does it grow very well? No. Eek. That doesn't compound very well either. Crap. What do I do now? Real estate. Okay. Real estate. Put money into it. Check. Pay myself. Um, is it secure? Not really. 2008 proved that. Does it grow very well? Not really, but you can leverage it. So you can kind of manipulate it. You can enhance it through someone else's money. Mm -hmm. It's called OPM, other people's money. Okay. Well, they're all flawed. So where do I put my money? And this is where the magic kind of happened in 2014. My brother and I said, huh? Okay, we need security. That's where life insurance comes in the game. We need growth. That's where the stock market comes in the game. We need leverage using someone else's money. That's where real estate comes in the game. Let's just build one platform that is a life insurance product built inside the stock market that has a leverage arm. And everyone's like, you can't do that. That's, you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? It's evolution. If you would have so told someone 15 years ago, there'd be an iPhone, you'd be like, whatever. That's impossible. There's no way there's such a little device and this little device can do like everything in the whole world. That's impossible. Or Netflix, you know, Blockbuster laughed Netflix out of, the, mm -hmm. out, of, out of their office when they came to them. You know, Kodak laughed at the person who said, let's build a one megapixel camera to put in a cell phone. No, we have the best, we have the best cameras in the world. Why would we want to do that? And so innovation, evolution, the power of compounding, all these things came together and we end up building a platform because my book is called The Lost Science of Compound Interest because I'm here to make the claim that compound interest does not exist or did not exist 
until it was created. When Einstein died in 1955, that knowledge kind of went away and everyone else started going back to their normal stuff of home runs and strikeouts or over security or over leverage. And, and that's why everyone underperforms. How many people do you know that are free? How many people do you know that are unlimitedly free that have the money they need, the freedom they need, the health they need, all the different things and are just living the absolute best life? Yeah, zero. But I, I also think uh, people always want more. That's one of the bigger problems as well. And that's where you, at the top of the show, you spoke about patience. This thing doesn't happen overnight. Um, and I think that needs to be part of the conversation as well when we talk about this. To be honest, when you spoke about, let me just rewind a little bit. You spoke about the platform. We went through that so quickly that I actually, it, it hit me and then it went through. And I was like, hold on, I need to put a pause in that. Explain to me how that works. So you've got leverage. I've heard you speak about leverage and secure leverage. So I want to secured leverage. I want to speak about that. Just break down that platform because that was such a, a big statement that I think we need to drill into because it was said with such passion uh, that I want to just understand it a little bit more. Yeah. So inside of the world of investment and retirement planning and various other, you know, financial concepts, there are three main players. I call them the big three. Mm -hmm. And that is life insurance. And why does one third of the population go to life insurance as a retirement plan? Because they guarantee you never lose principal value. So even if the stock market crashes, your money freezes. Basically, your account value freezes at the moment a crash starts to happen. So you're basically your highest value inside of a life insurance plan is your absolute lowest value, meaning it can't go down once it goes up. And so you're yep. always continually moving forward, but it's at a really slow pace. Your, stop, a lot of people, your stop loss is trailing up with your fund sort of thing. Exactly. So you, you don't have that arithmetic average I just said where you mm -hmm. lose money, then you gain money and you're not even back to where you started. You don't have that inside of an insurance product. And so I looked at that and I'm like, that's really cool. And that's actually a rule of wealth. A rule of compound interest is you never go backwards. So maybe I should put my money to life insurance. But then I said, I don't have a hundred years for this thing to grow very, you know, to grow where I need it. So I need to be a little bit more aggressive. So we end up, the stock market has this, this investment arm called a call option. I don't know if you've ever heard of a call option, but it's a a little bit more aggressive form of trading. So we said, let's build a life insurance plan that has a call option arm. Can and you explain over a lot of people's head, but basically, yeah, explain the put and the call option. Yeah. It just, um, it's basically in, in, in layman's terms is inside of life insurance. How do I want to explain this? So it's not too overly complicated. Um, inside life insurance, when you put money to a life insurance company, they basically guarantee you somewhere between a four to 5% return. You get somewhere around four to 5%. That's not that great, but it's, it's, you know, if you know anything about whole life or something like that, they give you a dividend and they give you a guaranteed dividend. Mm -hmm. People accept that and then it never grows money because it's barely above inflation. So what we end up doing is this, and I'm going I'm to explain this as slowly and as clearly as possible because it took me a while to, to fully grasp what's going on here. But imagine that you had $10,000 and that $10,000 made you 5% or $500, right? Mm -hmm. That was the guaranteed dividend inside this life insurance plan. What we end up deciding to do is let's take the $500 growth only and go put that in a very, very aggressive S&P 500 call option. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if the S&P 500 call option loses, we still have our $10,000. We did not go backwards. We are exactly where we started. But if the S&P 500 call option wins, we make a lot of money. 
So it's this yin and yang theory of investing where we're going to get a guaranteed return every year. It, it, it gives us this return every single year and we're going to go aggressively compound that money. And if it doesn't work out, which is around 30% of the time, the stock market doesn't work very well. We break even. That is the worst case scenario is we're going to break even on our, on our account value. Mm -hmm. If the 70% of the years the market does well, we make lots of money. And that, that little transition from just a dividend to a dividend that's invested into a call option now raises our rate of return on average between seven and 8%. We went from four to five to seven and eight by just doing this little transaction of being a conservative risk taker is what I call it, the yin and yang of investing. Explain so that, that really well, by the way. That's crystal clear. That was even, even I understood that, Curtis. That's cool. <laughs> Good. Um, and, you know, and people go, well, how do you know it's going to work? And I go, we don't. There's set, we have 100 years of stock market returns. Yeah, data. So uh, we have so much data. And I've run 10,000 simulations, forward, backwards, uh, Monte Carlos, which is just mixing up all the data over and over and over. And it had a 100% success rate to produce enhanced results for you doing this transaction or this transition from just pure dividend to a call option mm -hmm. dividend. And, and so I'm like, okay, we just raised it to seven and eight and we don't have the loss potential. That's pretty good. And it comes with life insurance and tax advantages and all this other stuff, but it's not good enough. So then I started watching how real estate guys work and I go, huh, real estate guys use other people's money to enhance their portfolio. Let's build a line of credit or a leverage arm inside of this same platform where we can use lines of credit. And what do we do with that line of credit? Put it right back in the insurance product that makes us a new four to five percent dividend that we go buy another call option with and get seven to eight percent. The line of credit only costs us four. You know, the goal of using OPM is interest earned versus interest paid. If you can make more than what you're paying, you should do it as often as possible. And because we have the 0% floor, or the, the, the no loss potential, I'm like, hey, I wonder if we could do this. Let's go take lines of credit from the insurance company. The insurance company, if you know anything about insurance, you're allowed to leverage money from the insurance company at any moment in time. They, 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 they allow you to borrow their money indefinitely, unlimited amount, as long as equal to how much money you put in. So it's mm -hmm. like a match program. I call it the, the match program. You put money in, they'll match it. And so in 2017, I, I finished this match program theory that if we could borrow money from the insurance company at 4% and we put it right back in the insurance product that's, that's making us a 4 to 5% dividend, and then we buy a new call option that's making us 7 to 8% on average, we've just increased our rate of return an additional 3 to 4%. Now we're in double digit returns on slow, steady, and secure. That's unheard of. Like that's, it sounds impossible that you can get double digit returns without the risk of the traditional market collapses and blowing up and implosions of traditional risk. And so we end up running that on 10,000 simulations from the great depression of the United States all the way to 2020 forwards, backwards, every 15, 20, 30, 50 year segments. And then we Monte Carlo it and just let it run indefinitely, just mix and matching it. And it had a 100% success rate to work because you were never in a position to lose account value. And it was just like, it was this surreal moment. It was November 3rd of 2017. It was 2.30 in the morning when I finished this and, and, and the data spit out, you know, the actuarial data spit out. And I was just like, what the freaking heck just happened? Like I told you, I'm a scientist. And, and I just, I get fascinated on watching things, the hypothesis work. And 
and I didn't know if it was going to work or not. And so when it came out, it was two 30 in the morning and I'm just walking around my house all like, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck? So I walked up and I, I, I woke up my wife and I tapped her on the shoulder. I go, Aaron, wake up, wake up. And she goes, what? And I go, I cracked the code. And she's like, what the, shut up. I'm sleeping. We'll talk about it in the morning. And I was so excited. And, and it's like, I needed someone to talk to. Right. And, uh, and so ultimately when you do this process, and I'm going to use an analogy to explain what the process is. But, and, but one sec, before you explain the process, let, let me just take you back to that moment, November 3rd. It feels like you just worked out how to print money on a long time frame. Why do you then make that public? I just want to ask you the, the, the straight question is, why do you then share this for everyone? Because surely more public knowledge on a system that works in a financial instrument, more people that participate people cotton on and advantages reduce or is that not true like what's the what what's the incentive for you to go very public with this right now and uh what what's what's let me ask what's in it for you to make this very public what are you what are you building right now is it your own financial platform your own financial instrument like how do you get more money to scale this up yeah so i want to um the, the, I, it's a great question because Everyone believes, the, not everyone, but typically the world believes that there has to be winners and losers. Zero-sum game, especially when it comes to financial markets. Yep, and that is, that is not how compound interest works. Also in The Richest Man in Babylon, someone asked that exact question to the richest man in the world back 4,000 years ago. And Maybe he goes, that book everyone, does stick with me a little bit. <laughs> he goes, everyone can't win. Like it, it's, it's bull crap that you think that everyone can win. And he goes, Inside of compounding interest, there does not have to be winners and losers. Everyone can win. The world can win if we base our philosophies on the energy of compounding and not the energy of wins and losses, home runs and strikeouts. You know, take advantage of your brother so you make more money. And that's, you know, one of my biggest beasts with, with real estate and some of these other investments is how often do you hear capitalize on the down market? Mm -hmm. You know what capitalize on the down market actually means? Take advantage of someone else's losses. Yeah. And it just drives me crazy. And so people go, what's your incentive, Curtis? And I go, you know, there are things in this world that drive people to do things. Elon Musk does not work for money. He works to make the world better and see something evolve and see his baby mature and stuff like that. I worked on this for four years with no money, no backing, no, uh, there was no incentive besides, is it possible? Does the power of compounding actually exist and can you bottle it up and contain it? And so as a scientist, we, I, I like the result, you know, I, I like to see it happen. And so ultimately I build this thing, I, I take it to a financial company um, and I say, this is the power of compounding. And if you do this, you can increase your retirement up to 400%, four times more spendable retirement income off the exact same amount of money going in, all because you did it slow, steady, and secure. And so here's the funniest thing is they go, well, Curtis, man, we need to go take this to the world. And I go, I'm not in finance. I'm a granite countertop guy. And they're like, you need to be in finance. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And my, my, I've, been in, I've, been in, I've been in home remodeling for 14 years. That's my, that's my, I love that. I've got two different patents. I have products in Home Depot and Lowe's and, and, and all these big companies and stuff. Like, and they're like, no, you were meant to be a finance guy. And I'm like, 
So I talked to my wife and I'm kind of an introvert. I don't really like people knowing who I am and I have five kids and, you know, I kind of keep private and me and my wife came together and I said, if I do this, it means I have to go unprivate. I have to like be a cheerleader. I have to like go on podcasts and keynote speeches and, and TikTok and YouTube and all the other stuff. And, and everyone's going to know who we are. Is this what I want to do? And I, I felt the calling that this was my job. Like I, I have to explain to the world that in 1955, when Albert Einstein died with this knowledge of how compounding works, it was lost. It was straight on lost. And, and, um, so I end up teaming up with a plus rated life insurance companies to provide this to the world. I do get paid. This is my career now. So I am incentivized to provide this knowledge to people. I get paid by how many people do get into it. So I don't hide that from anyone, but my end goal is money's the result, not my reason. I already have a lot of money. I work really hard and, and I, in the last five years, I paid myself first a lot of money. I, I pay all my, almost every dollar I make, I put into a compound account. So I'm pretty good right now. But that moment, remodeling somebody's kitchen, I feel really good. When I help someone understand compounding and see their life change and see that stress of debt go off their, 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 their eyes and, and that they see their future as bright and hopeful, even though they're only making $30,000, $40,000 a year, that is the most fulfilling feeling I've ever had in my whole life and why I don't stop and why I work 16 hours a day and why I make hundreds of videos because I believe the world ends up rich. Everyone in the world can prosper inside a compound interest. Two things. One, love the way that you communicate mission focused. Really do. Uh, I, I enjoy being around people that are really clear on a mission. Um, I've got like a stumbling block in my head and let me explain it. Cause I don't want to get off this call uh, without asking you the question because you'll probably have the answer. When I think about finances, I think about there's a finite amount of money in the world. Yes. Money is printed. Um, in order for everyone to win, where is the additional money coming from? So the natural order of progress is about six to 8%. Uh, this is going to sound a little bit weird. This is scientific. So, but the world has evolved. The world grows at a certain rate of between five and 8%. And so in 1999, there was about a hundred trillion dollars worldwide. In the year 2020, there's 300 trillion. I think you've already answered the question for me just with that one statement, which is what you're actually doing is allow people to, I guess, uh, as a minimum, live in line with what, with the progress the world is making through, exactly. through your instrument. Okay. Exactly. So it's basically saying everyone can evolve at the same rate. Mm -hmm. And if you're compounding, if your life is compounding, and the amazing thing about compounding is it's not just money. It is relationships, it is health, it is business, it is everything you can apply to. Your natural order of growth should be somewhere between five and 8%. And if you can maintain that, you can do it securely and it will continuously grow. Why did it go from a, here, here, here's, here's how scientific it is. Why did it go from a house phone or a wire, we'll start with a wire and two little cups at the end of it, to a house phone, to a car phone, to a Nokia brick, to a flip phone, to a Blackberry, to an iPhone, to an iPhone 11. What people don't realize is that is actually just progressing at five to 8%. Mm -hmm. And it is just the human mind is progressing. The world is progressing. This energy is actually progressing. And most people are not on this train. They're, the, the, the poor are getting poorer and the rich are getting richer. And the only reason the rich are getting richer is because they live inside this train that is moving forward. And you got to jump on it. 
And if you don't jump on it, you will never see any progress in your life or very little, you know, uh, home runs and strikeouts. That's what you'll see. Yep. Home runs and strikeouts, home runs and strikeouts. And so I'm trying to get the world to understand that believe in small steps, believe in compounding steps. Don't go for home runs because with a home run, there's a strikeout. And if you can get on this train of progress, you will evolve with it. And you'll, you'll be no, you, you haven't, maybe you're, you're in the pro, maybe right now your life is the flip phone, but guess what? In three years, it should be the Blackberry. And in three more years, it'll be the iPhone one. And then in three more years, it'll be the iPhone 11. And then the iPhone 20, never go backwards. Cause you can't go backwards once you get on this train. And that's the amazing part. He, uh, Einstein said, he who understands it earns it. Just understand it. The moment you understand it, your life has changed forever because you see the world differently. I listened to a, um, what you've just said reminds me when you said it actually translates outside of finance into personal. I listened to a, a great interview with Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't know last week and there was a phrase in there, which stuck with me, which I wrote down, which said, I try and get a little bit better every day. Cause imagine the person I'm going to be in 20 years time. And I guess that's just the same laws of compounding, just a little bit more bit of patience every single day uh, and see where it gets you. Um, Chris, I want to make sure that we wrap this up with, uh, let's just call it like um, myth busting. So when someone listens to this right now and they go, cool, I know I need to pay myself first. What's, what are the co most common things that you hear as pushbacks that we can tackle now? And what are the next steps that someone takes after they've paid themselves first? And if, by the way, this is the great point in the show where if, if there is the plug that we need to make because people believe in the vehicle that you're building, let's talk about that now as well. Yeah. And so the, the biggest myth buster in the world is that insurance products suck and they're too expensive. Like you get the Dave Ramsey's of the world who are just like, never buy an insurance product. They totally freaking suck and they're so expensive. You're never gonna make any money. That is completely and utterly ridiculous. Like it is so non-mathematical factual, it is all emotional. And so the, one of the biggest problems I have is that people see that this is a life insurance based product. Right. And the moment that happens, they're out. And I job. get it, mm -hmm. whole life, I am not a fan of whole life at all because you put your money in, you get some life insurance and then it grows at the dividend of three or four or 5%. And that's just not enough. You will never make wealth that way. But once you understand, um, I want to do an analogy and I think I'm going to throw it in right now just so people may, maybe grasp it better. It's not that insurance is the right vehicle and it's not that the stock market's the right vehicle. It's not that the, the real estate's the right vehicle. It's that they all have really good things, but they also have huge pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And so now imagine this inside of building, building a house, there's a thing, at least in the United States, it's called a two by four. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of wood that's an inch and a half wide, three and a half inches deep, and you, you screw them together and you build a house, right? If you have one two by four, when you put pressure on a two by four top to bottom and you try to break it, it breaks fairly easy because every two by four has a cracking point. It has a fissure inside of it. It has a knot inside of it. Somewhere it's going to be weak and it breaks. But if you take two two by fours and you screw them together, it increases its power or its ability to withstand weight by up to tenfold, 10 times more power because where one is weak, the other is strong. And as you're going throughout this whole two by four, when, when it's about to bend and break, the other is supporting it. So it's got, two, it's got a strong point where one is weak. And if you take three two by fours and screw them together, it's like a hundred times stronger than just one two by four or all of them individually. 
So the, the, the progress of compound interest and the progress of, of your best financial plan is screw as many good things together, even if they have weak points. Because if you can screw them together, the weak points become null and void. They don't mean anything anymore because where one is weak, the insurance doesn't grow, stocks grow. So now it's strong. Where, where stocks are risky, insurance is protected. Now it's strong. Where real estate is, is risky and doesn't grow very well, but uses leverage, screw it to security and growth. Now it grows well and is secure. And so it's this, it's this philosophy I try to preach to the world and I get so much hate and, and, it, and it bugs me sometimes that it's like, let's all come together and build something better. Don't say I'm better than you say, wow, that is really awesome. And I, I invite people all the time. If you see something wrong with MPI, that's my platform is called MPI maximum premium indexing. I say, if you see something wrong with it, please tell me so I can fix it. Mm -hmm. Let me find the answer. Or maybe you have the answer. Come to me and let's build this thing. Let's make the world better by producing it. And so ultimately the insurance arm, people got to get by. We use the insurance for the security, but yes, we still go grow it in the stock market and the call option. And yes, the, the, the line of credit using other people's money is awesome. Let's get past that and come together. Then they say, well, life insurance is too expensive. That's a myth. Like your life insurance is like 2% of your premium, two to 3% of your premium on average. So you put in $10,000, it's gonna cost two or $300 a year. Now you have $9,700 that goes in the investment arm of, of getting call options and bonds and all that other stuff. And plays and at 7% it, to 8%, makes money over time. Exactly. And, and so look 20 years. Don't look at today because when you start looking at these products and be like, wow, you know, I didn't make anything in the first two or three years. It wasn't designed that way. It's designed to compound one to two, two to four, four to eight, eight to 16. In the first couple of years, you went from one to four. Like that's not that big of a jump. But once you get to 64 to 128 and 128 to 256 and 512 and 10, you know, then it starts compounding, but it took 15 years to get there. Yeah, that's one of my questions. Yeah, what time frame do people need to enter? With, like from a mindset perspective, are we looking at people entering this with a 15, 20, 25 year mind frame? There, there are three ways to optimize compound interest where you get an immediate result or you get the best result. First way is a lot of money and you can get great results short time because think money's going to double every six to seven years. Mm -hmm. So if you put in a thousand dollars, it's only going to be $2,000 in six to seven years. Not very much, right? But you put in a million dollars, it's $2 million in six to seven years. So mm -hmm. it was the same doubling. The same, and so there's three things I say, a lot of money, short amount of time, you can get awesome results. Medium amount of money, you know, $10,000 a year, $5,000, you know, $10,000 a year for 15 or 20 years. If you do that every year, $10,000 for 15 or 20 years every year, you could be retired in 20 years on six figure income for the rest of your life. Or small amount of money in 30 years. So if you put in $200 a month, $300 a month for 30 years, you're going to be somewhere around six figures in that time frame. So which one do you like? It, 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 it's everyone. And so why I say just get started, pay yourself first, five to 15% of your income. And inevitably it's going to end up in a, it's going to just, you'll be in a much better future than what you would have been if you didn't do it. What, what a message to sort of end this on it. One, it's applicable to everyone. And I guess 
the message that uh, my ex, his dad was trying to drill into me. He said, from my first paycheck, pay yourself first. I didn't. I wish I did. And what I'm hearing now, I could have six, you'd have seven figures right now if you had, if you started that. I could, I could have been 10 years into my journey right now. Curtis, I've loved this. If people want to learn more about what you're working on MPI, where's the best place for people to go? Is it a website? Like share with me some places that people go and learn more about you. And I guess just to get some of that energy that you've got right now, because yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying the conversation. Thank you. So here's a, here's the last story I'm going to end with. It was three, four months ago, and I had just finished my book, The Lost Science of Compound Interest, and I call it my thesis. I mean, I spent six years writing this thesis on the power of compound interest. I just finished it, and I'm like, I need a website that is going to be so easy to remember, so simple, and everyone's going to just, I say it, they're going to remember it. And I'm like, uh, you know, and almost every good website in the whole world's taken. So I'm thinking like The Lost Science, uh, people are going to forget that the science of compound interest, people will forget that, you know, what is my thing that people are going to remember? And I'm sitting in church and, you know, as so I call it divine intervention, even though I shouldn't be doing this in church, but I am. And I'm thinking like, what should I do? And then all of a sudden it just came to me and I go, compound interest, compoundinterest.com. I look up compoundinterest.com, which is the number one most Googled personal finance term in the world. 470,000 unique IP addresses, Google compound interest right now, every month, compoundinterest.com was available. You're kidding. No me. one owned compoundinterest.com. So I look at my wife and I go, am I allowed to buy this? Like I'm sitting in church. I don't know if I'm allowed to buy this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, you better buy it right freaking now. That's <laughs> a good like, wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought compoundinterest.com and I go around and I tell other finance guys and, and people at Vanguard and Merrill Lynch and all these things. And I say, I own compoundinterest.com. And they go, that's impossible. They go, how much did you pay for it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was uh, freaking 9000 It was $9,000. Nine grand. For the, like the, the most valuable website in the whole personal finance space was sitting there un, 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 untapped, you know, un, unclaimed. And that's where I say, that is how little people respect or understand compound interest. No one's ever tried to explain it to anyone, how it actually works and the power of it and all this stuff. And so it was divine intervention that it just sat unnoticed. Supercomputers are constantly doing algorithms to tell you what keywords you should pick up those domains. And somehow in the last 50 years, it completely bypassed the number one Google term in personal finance. How is that even possible? I don't know but it is right. <laughs> and uh, so if you want to get a hold of me, compoundinterest.com. I, I have my book on there. I have how to contact me. I have some videos on there. My website is suncorefinancial.com, S-U-N-C-O-R financial.com. And I'm on every social media platform. If you want to watch a bunch of one minute videos on TikTok, I have hundreds of them <laughs> on on how finance works, how, ta how taxes work, how insurance works, how leverage works, how real estate works, and how you combine them on all this stuff. And so go search Curtis Ray on any um, social media platform and you'll find me there. And I just love talking to people and anyone who wants to have a conversation about money, hit me up. I will, uh, as long as you're sincere, don't call, don't, don't hit me up to argue with me. I don't, I don't waste my time on that. <laughs> Like that. I don't think we've got that sort of uh, community here, Curtis. But I will say, guys, um, if finance for you is something that just feels a little bit complex and you don't do anything about it, 
I'm going to kind of urge you to take Curtis up on, the, up on this option and just drop him a line. Um, for me personally, the last 45 minutes, he's broken down some stuff that I was aware of, felt too complex. I consider myself a reasonably smart guy, but I haven't bothered trying to educate myself on it. Curtis, you've done it in a really interesting way. I'm probably going to fo- – well, I'm definitely going to follow it with you because there's stuff that I want to learn about. Guys, take Curtis up on the offer and go and visit that domain name. I just, I'm just going to go for it for the fun. Compoundinterest.com. Uh, cannot believe you own that domain name when you sold it to me. Curtis, you've been an absolute blast. Thanks for your time today, buddy. Hey, thank you, Adam, so much.